is Alex Martin, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Hey, hey, we're back with another episode of the Moto X-Pod show. This week, number 168, getting ever closer to show 200. I want to thank our sponsors, Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Acherbys, X-Brand Goggles, Williams Moto Works, and Extreme Colors Helmet Painting. Get in there, man, and get you one of those helmets painted, custom painted. I think they look badass. It's really cool to show up to the track with a, your own custom paint job. So hit up Kirk Hunter. And, of course, the blood lubricants thing, man. We keep telling you about it. Best of all on the market. I was out at uh, South Central this weekend. John Short was out there. He's a blood lubricants guy. Use discount code uh, MOTOX and help us beat Chris Kiefer this year for sales. Once again, in studio, Mr. Scott Thompson. What's up, dude? What's up, Darkside? What's happening? Not much. Glad you're back. TJ uh, was going to make it uh, again, but he, he was stuck in traffic. You know, he's hot shotting. He said he was stuck in traffic down near Austin or something for like three or four hours last night. I don't even like a long time. They screwed his whole schedule up again. He he feels bad, as he should. Great show tonight, man. Benny Bloss is coming on. He's going to talk about his privateer program, working, uh, going outdoors, privateer. Uh, we have Brock Tickle coming on. He's going to talk about his factory Yamaha fill yeah, and ride. That's going to be cool. Yeah, yeah. Super stoked on that stuff. And then we've got Richard Cutback. Which he recently bought one of our local tracks, South Central. But he he's an industry guy. He's built tracks for Jason Anderson. He knows Brock real well. He's put on races like the Atlanta Grand Prix out in the high des of SoCal. He knows Kiefer. So I think it's gonna be fun to talk to him. Uh, he just had a clinic at South Central this weekend. Yes, Jason Anderson that. came out, got to visit with him for a few minutes. That was cool. And then we're gonna have Darian Hickey on. If you guys remember. Um, we had the girls that rode the team race for Vegas to Reno, uh, including Taylor Hyman, who's a friend of the show. And this, the last time Taylor was hurt, so Darian filled in for Taylor. This year, Darian is going to do Vegas to Reno solo, which I think is very cool, something I don't know that I could do. Uh, but she reached out. She's going to come on a little bit, so it's going to be a fun show, Scott. Yeah, that sounds intense. I'm kind of I don't know anything about an enduro to kind of pick her brain about that. It'll be cool. Yeah, yeah, that off road stuff. Like I rode off in the desert when I first really started getting into racing at like 14, 15 years old, but didn't ever really compete in it much. Uh, what they do is way cooler than, or way more gnarly than anything I ever did, but yeah. looking forward to having them on and coming up uh, Friday is the, the embargo on the 2021 fly racing gear will be uh, dropped. And I have a really cool podcast coming out. I think where Jason Thomas and I went over all the new gear and some just some innovative stuff coming out. Let me just tell you, every year they try to beat out what they did the year before and progress, and they have definitely done it for 2021. As you guys may recall, last year was the first year for the Formula Helmet with the Rayon technology, and there's some really, really cool stuff coming. The helmet was at the top of the price line for helmets, 
And just uh, stay tuned because there's some stuff that make makes some you guys really happy with that. They've done some upgrading with the fly, the light line, and I think you guys are going to be pretty cool, stoked to see what comes out. I can't wait. Um, I want to try to get TJ on the phone. He's driving right now. We'll talk a little bit about Nationals. Uh, Loretta's is coming up in two weeks, I guess. The, the Nationals at Loretta's, yeah. two weeks. I'm going to that one. That's going to be the only one I'm going to because, like Supercross, we're not allowed to go talk to the riders. Can't go to the trucks. Uh, yeah. Press conferences are going to be done via Zoom post. So there's really no reason to go other than Loretta's is fairly close. I want to go up a couple days early. Maybe How far get a, of a drive is that? It's like eight and a half hours from here. That's not bad. So I'm going to probably run up. Hopefully get to see a day of that or so. Maybe get to see Aiden Kiefer race and Chris race. Possibly. I don't know. But that's the only one I'm going to make, man. Uh, unfortunately, it's just with yeah. the way things are going. It is what it is. Yeah, it sucks. I texted Matt. I was like, dude, are you going to go? And he said the same thing. Maybe the first couple. But after that, there's really no reason. Just yeah. if you can't do – you really can't get the content I there. I feel like the fact that it's, they're doing the nationals, the amateur nationals the week before and then – you guys are coming in. Yeah. I think y'all are going to have a little more leeway. You might get to, like, squeeze in, like, maybe not sit there and talk to him, and, but, you know, kind of behind the scenes, maybe get a couple of guys. But after, yeah. those races after that, I doubt that'll happen. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm hoping for is to get some time. And, and even if nothing else, go into the amateur pits, you know, and talk to some, some of those guys that are racing, yeah. the up-and-coming guys for the next, you know, that'll be out at the end of this year, maybe at, in, uh, well, I guess they won't be. Yeah, they may show up to a couple of that. Some of those guys yeah. will probably do a couple of nationals, but. Try to get involved, you know, get some content that way. At the I mean, very technically, least. they could run the whole series if they That's wanted true. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe uh, I'll get to talk to some of those guys and see what's up with that. But anyway, I just wanted to go to at least one. So that's yeah. Loretta's is it. So if you guys are going to be at Hurricane Mills and on the what fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth, something like that, I, I should be there. So yeah, get in touch with me um, again. Patreon. I'm going to do something cool. I think here pretty soon. For our patron supporters, I'm going to reach out to my patron supporters and ask them who they would like to interview. So we're going to, you know, let's say one of our patron guys says, hey, I'd like to to interview Dean Wilson. I'm going to give whoever we pick as a winner on Patreon the opportunity to actually interview one of our pro riders. Uh, you know, so I, I don't know who it's going to be, who the writer's going to be, because it depends on who the person picks. But that's something I want to try to do for our patron supporters. So please go to patreon.com, sign up. Uh, and support the show if you can. It means a ton to us. It helps us go to these races. So, yeah, that's a big deal. Check out Moto X Pod Show. I really haven't updated that in a while, MotoXPodShow.com. But uh, go check it out anyway. Email us if you have any questions or comments about the show. Let's take a quick break. I'm going to try to get TJ on the phone. All right, we got my former producer, DJ TJ, on the line. He's out on the road somewhere, you know, smoking the bandit style. What's up, TJ? Well, man, I just actually kind of was smoking a bandit. I was running quite dirty to get back in time. Snowman. This load. Yeah, I, I, I needed I, I needed snow, uh, uh, the bandit in front of me, to, <laughs> but I got lucky. I didn't get pulled. I did get. I did make a little bit of maybe an illegal turn in front of a DPS officer that had another truck pulled over. Yeah. And the DPS officer ran out in the median and cussed me out like. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'm getting tickets. Then he just finally looked at me and goes, just get out of here. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> oh, what an idiot. So uh, since, it was great. since you haven't been in studio in like a year, um, let's talk about nationals, man. We're two weeks away from the very first national of the year, and it's the very first national ever at Loretta Lynn's. 
which I'm kind of excited about, man. It's I know a lot of people think, oh, that track's not a national track, which it's not. I guess they're going to make it that way. But what are your thoughts, man? I think it's going to be cool, just something different. I think it's going to be amazing. I'm really bummed that I'm not going to be there to watch it because, like, it's a first. You know what I mean? Whether it's good or bad or whatever, it's a first. And 99.9% of all those racers, you know, grew up racing there. The goal as a kid was to get there, and they probably all thought they were done with it. Now they got to go back. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's going to be amazing. I'm really looking forward to it. But I'm going to, in my opinion, it's not the first national of the year. Canada beat him. Okay, Amer- like, American national, U.S. national, you there dummy. You, there you go. Because have you watched any of the Canadian stuff? No, I, <laughs> I didn't. I need to, but no, I didn't. I know my boy T. Dags got third, I think. It's been it, it's pretty good. The the um, what do you call it? The production value is a bit of a complete crap show. That's what Mathis was. And, yeah, Mathis was all over it on Twitter. And and I love it. I think that's. I think it actually <laughs> makes it better that way. You know what I mean? Like oh, God. Oh, it's it's fun. Every, it, it really is. The continued uh, proof that TJ's just an idiot. <laughs> oh, the production value was terrible. That made it better. That makes no sense. It was just because because the, the announcers, Galdi and, um, oh, what, what, uh, Ryan Gold, and the, what's the other guy that was announcing? Anyway. I don't even remember, they, to be honest. Oh, it's so good. It, it, like, like it, they're, they're as good, in my opinion, as Weege and um, and uh, Langston. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're that good. Hey, so, be- before, anyway. before we move on and ask you a couple more questions, uh, I want to introduce you to the new co-host since you're out, Scott Thompson. Yeah, your chair is really comfortable, TJ. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm changing I, I it. it is. I'm changing it in the software from TJ on, the, uh, on your track to Scott. There you go, Scotty but, P. But yeah, you said he need. You said he needs like a uh, 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 what do you call it? Like you could. I don't you, know if you want to call it a nickname. Yeah, nicknameish like, type you know, thing. A, a, a radio name. You said Scotty T. Yes. That sucks. Well, really, I've always got you my like, Scotty T. Really? Yeah, right, it's, well, on my, it's, it's on my bike. Right. My jersey well, says Scotty T. I just thought I thought well, that it, it reminded me. Scott T. It reminded me of Jersey Shore. Wasn't there a guy that was something like? Oh, Scotty. P? I don't even know if it was something. Scotty, but it was something P or Polly D oh, or oh, yeah, yeah. And that's what I thought of. But okay. all right, Scotty T from now on. Scotty T in the chair. DJ TJ is that's out, right. and except for when I need help with production stuff. And I'm happy to be there. I'm super bummed I'm not there. I was supposed to be there tonight, and, I, and traffic kept me from yeah. us being able to do a live show. So uh, uh, a but, video, yeah, yeah, live video. Show, yeah, so. I would try. Anyway, I kind of mentioned that earlier before we got you on. But, okay, Nationals, man. So we have nine scheduled races, I believe, two at Red Bud. Just give me your overall thoughts on the Nationals. Do we get all of them in? What do you think? Yeah, I think we do get them all in. There may be some changes here and there. They've already had to adjust for TV stuff a little bit. I think that's awesome that they're all working together to make it happen. Um, I I think it's going to be an interesting year. I think the stuff – with COVID on Supercross, with all the changes, added a, an element of uncertainty that we normally don't get with Supercross. You go to these cities, you race these rounds, you do this. And I think the schedule change 
is adding a little bit of uncertainty to how the series is going to play out. And it may end up with the, the same people, the same stuff, but there's, a, that, there's that element of unknown that makes it exciting. Yeah, and I like to comment that actually Travis Marks made last week on Pulp, which I don't know if you listened. but um, Okay, he said they had on Davey, and when Davey got off, Travis kind of had sent a message, I guess, to Steve's like, I don't think we're going to see a lot of those settle for thirds, at which point Justin Good Starling, point. who was in studio, is like, yeah, it's going to be like all, balls out basically all the time because you don't you may not have a throwaway race, right? You may not even get all nine in. Like you might get to five and something may happen and they'll be like, all right, the series is over. So yeah, and, ev- and you're going to have the new guys come in that are going to be like, well, this year is my chance because everything's strange for yeah. me to throw it down and get a ride or whatever. So it could be a really – I think it's going to be an interesting year. What do you well, think, Scott? And, and also the fact that – Think about it. Usually, motocross is a week and a half, two weeks after the last Supercross, and they've had a month and a half, almost mm-hmm. two months to get ready for this national. So everybody's gonna be at the top of their game. It's like you said. There's no throwaway races. You're, everybody's going. The first three rounds are so crucial because that may be the the most rounds that you get in. So yeah, yeah. They're well, gonna be going for it. I think, and they'll make it intense. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. TJ, I, I wish you were going to Loretta's with me because that's the only one I'm going to. Well, so. it seems like I, I think it's going to be definitely worth going. I don't know how they're doing spectators for it or whatever, but I would definitely suggest anybody that can go to one, go to that one, especially if you haven't been to Loretta's for you know as a racer, just go in there, seeing what it is. It's it's totally different than anything you've seen. Yeah, and so I think it's going to change stuff. I think Loretta's, if I understood right. You can only watch the pro race if you have your spectator have been at the amateur race. That's the uh, only, so like you can't go buy tickets separate. I don't believe. I think that's what Davey was saying. That I, I saw could, something today that said tickets for sale. Oh, for okay. Well, I don't, even, I don't know what that was through or yeah, anything. Yeah, maybe but. I misunderstood, yeah. but that's kind of how they were making it sound last week anyway. But things are changing so rapidly. Who knows? Yeah. Um, so hey, you. Uh, before I let you go, you and uh, Cooley and uh, maybe Mark maybe going to Iowa this weekend. Uh, that I I am not now. Okay. I've got I got a load going back to Florida, and I need to make money instead of spend it. Um, I am going to send Doc. We had a little bit of an issue where with his pro license point, where it was a mix up on the AMA's part. And which caused him not to get signed up for Loretta's in time. So he doesn't have his points. He's got to get a few more. So he's going to hit some of these uh, pro-ams mm-hmm. to go ahead and knock the rest of his points out. I think he's going up there. Okay. Uh, that'll be – I want to go so bad. I, I don't know anything about this track. I've only seen videos and pictures, and I cannot – I am mind-blown with how beautiful it looks. <laughs> so um, Oak Ridge – yeah. If uh, yeah, I don't know anything about it. I'm sure some of our listeners know about that track. And if it's half as awesome as what the photos and videos are like, it's got to be like an amazing track to ride. I'm really bummed, but my suspension's not back yet. And I talked to Craig, and he's got like Craig so much stuff to get. Yeah, Craig Decker with Enzo to get done for Loretta's guys. And I said, I'm just an old vet rider. I don't not go. I'm just Take care of mine if you get a chance. If not, 
I'll do it after I'll have it after Loretta's. Right. Well, cool. Me riding pit bikes all weekend. There you go. Well, I'm on call this weekend, so no riding. But TJ, I'm gonna let you go. We're about to get uh, Benny Bloss on. We're gonna talk about his privateer pack program this year. So gotta let you go, man. Hi, right, man. See ya. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with Benny Bloss. If you want power, then you need Williams Moto Works. Wait, wait what, what was that? It's the Supercross guy's voice. No, no, it's not. It sounds more like a Hulk Hogan promo. Well, that's good and tough. I like that. Dude, we aren't making a redneck commercial for a professional company like Williams Moto Works. He designs camshafts, builds performance motors with CNC porting. So it needs to be tough and cool. A company who can reprogram ECUs, higher rev limits, and custom maps needs a professional commercial, dude. So, like, if you want complete power package from cams, portings, transmissions to ECUs, then contact Williams Moto Works at 414-467-6199 or follow them on Instagram at camdesigner, or you can even email them at williamsmotoworks, that's williamsmoto, and then w-e-r-x at gmail.com. Okay, that's better. Not good, but better. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Antonap. Trey, I wear fly wear fly too. 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, the all-new Women's Light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles. Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy Lock-On Grips today. All right, we're back with first guest of the night, brought to you by Blood Lubricant Oil Lines, which were created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. Blood Lubricants has many lines of oil to fit all your needs. Whether you race motocross or sprint cars or anything, Blood Lubricants is there for you. Visit Blood Lubricants, that's B-L-U-D, bloodlubricants.com, and use promo code MOTOX to save. And again, we are trying to beat Chris Kiefer with our sales for podcasts. So please, order all the oil you can and use our code. Tonight, Blood Lubricants brings us Benny Bloss. What is up, dude? Oh, not a whole lot. How are you guys doing? Doing good. So first thing I want to ask you, um, I went back and watched 2016 Millville this week based off mm-hmm. a conversation that happened on Pulpamex, and GL was calling you, you know, Baby Giraffe. And do you like that nickname at all? Uh, it's kind of a lame I nickname. Don't, I don't hate it, but I don't really like it. Okay, I just like it's not a cool nickname at all. No, no, we got to come up with something else. So we got to think about that. But anyway, all right. So I just was curious, Benny. Man, uh, outdoors is about to kick off. We're going to Loretta's in a couple weeks, and tell us what your program is because you got. I think you've got some big news. Yeah. Well, so program is still 
we're still working on it. Okay. Um, like, we're getting closer to having everything dialed in, like, sponsor list-wise. Yeah. But we're, we're still pretty early in the whole process of everything. Um, and it's, it's been tough, that's for sure. I, um, I would imagine. It's got to be scary, and you're two weeks out. Yeah, yeah, no, we, uh, I mean, I found out I wasn't going to be able to do the Rocky Mountain thing, um, shoot, a week ago, maybe, Yeah. and then it was like two days after that, I heard that Plessinger had gotten hurt, and so I called them, that didn't work out, took a couple days to figure that out, and then I think it would have been Monday or Tuesday of last week, we figured out that it was full privateer that's what we were doing and <laughs> yeah went ahead one of my friends actually owns a dealership and they sell huskies and i was like that's you know it's the perfect opportunity i can stay close to the ktm because mm-hmm. um, i know the setup really well on the ktm but um ended up buying three huskies and raced one this weekend at my my local home track so, saw that on your um, instagram yeah yeah, we threw everything together really quick for that. The owner of the shop actually got some graphics and stuff for that. But, okay. uh, no, it's, we're still in the early stages, but hopefully we will have it dialed in by Loretta. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, you know, <laughs> it, it sounds like the, the Kyle Chisholm program every year, like last minute, that guy, that poor guy struggling to, you know, put a deal together and it's always last minute. And I think he's just gotten used to it. But honestly, dude, this has got to be one of the worst parts of our sport. Um, you know, there's just not enough rides for the number of riders with the ability of, that, you, like, you have. The top-level guys, just not enough positions. And a lot of you guys, if you're not winning championships, you're getting bounced around, and it always seems like it's up in the air. Yeah, no, that's one of the tough things about this sport is it's either, you know, like, if you're killing it, you're in, you're good. Yep. But if you're not you have a couple bad races it's it's the end and then like you said there's not enough spots going around which makes it really hard especially you know now with the the 250 rules of like feel like you have to you don't get as many years in the 250 class so not necessarily people ready to move up have to move up yeah yeah does that just one one more guy that needs a ride that there's not a spot for does that put a bad taste in your mouth, or are you able to car, car, I can't say the word compartmentalize the fact that that's just the way it is, unfortunately, and like maybe it does it wear on you? Does it bother you at all? Not really. Um, I know that if I go out there and I do my job like I'm supposed to, then I'm going to be fine. Um, and I've never really had. I'd say like right now, I'm the most positive about that that I've ever been. Cool. Um, I feel like my riding is really, really good right now, so I'm not, honestly, not really too worried about it. Um, I feel like if I ride like I'm, like I know how to ride, and if I ride like I've been riding in practice, then I should have no issues getting a job next year. But you know, sometimes it doesn't work out, but we'll make it work. If I got to go somewhere else to race, I'll do it. So right, yeah, kind of, kind of going off of that, Benny. Um, if you could put a number on like a results for overall or maybe a couple of rounds that you'd have to have 
to get a positive, maybe like a top five or a podium. What do you what do you think you need to have on the resume this summer to get locked down for next year? Um, definitely got to be pushing for top fives almost every weekend. I feel like, um, although somewhere, yeah, top five is that's my goal. I really want to be on the podium, like really, really, really bad. Um, <laughs> So that's my goal, but class is stacked, and you know, yep. it's, I think this outdoors will probably be the hardest that it's been in a long time because there was such a big break before it, and so not a lot of guys are hurt, and the guys that were hurt are coming in, and they had time to heal. They're you know they're fresh. Everybody is a lot fresher than normal. Good point. So I think it's going to be a little deeper than it has been in the past few years like the last couple of years it's been like at the end of the series it's you know there's not nearly as many guys who are really really good um but no i think it's going to be a lot harder this year but i have no doubt that you know i know for sure that i can i have the speed to run up there and you know there's no reason why i shouldn't so is there any I'm, I'm trying to stay positive yeah yeah and i can hear that and you usually you, you seem like a guy that usually is whenever i talk to you you're you're pretty positive most i've never heard you be down so i like that about you um is there any personal goal at all of like i, I want to beat bogle you know because bogle's basically taking the spot that you've had you guys kind of went back and forth with that spot does that matter to you at all honestly not at all okay um, yeah no i've actually had a lot of people ask me that and a lot of people are like, "Well, that's your number one thing, right? Like, you got that's that's the number one thing you have to beat him, right?" And like, honestly, that's not really one of my worries. I feel like if I ride like I should, I I should beat him. You know, I'm <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time I heard Derek say the word Eli, <laughs> like that's the only person Derek is worried about. He's like, if uh, I'm doing something, he's like, Derek, I would do it. My boy, Derek, I love that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Bogle's we're, we're not even a thought, time. right? And Bogle's not a thought. Let's get to that for that A level. There's not necessarily. It's. I'm not saying that he's like. There's not one person that I'm like. Oh my gosh, I need to beat that person. I, yeah, I want to beat everybody. Yeah, and that's the racer in all of us. I like that too. Uh, you know, if we look back on Supercross, I was looking at the overall. I think you got 17th overall, and the only guys that I would consider. You're you're sort of on a privateer team. I mean, it's semi-factory. I don't know how you look at it. But, I mean, really, like Davalos and Chad, which Chad's Chad. Davalos is one of the only guys in front of you that I was kind of like, yeah, I think Benny could have beat Davalos. You know, I think you could beat a lot of these guys. But these guys are all champions, pretty much. So, Mm -hmm. where you finished, I think, is you should be pretty happy with. I mean, I know 17th isn't where you want to be, but you can't really complain about the guy the guys that were in front of you they're all amazing everybody at that class is so good but i think you had a pretty damn good season personally well thank you like you said like it seems like so many dudes are champions like yeah yeah almost pretty it seems basically the whole top 10 each of those guys has won a championship before like even when i was on rocky mountain blake has won championships before justin has won championships before like these guys are really good, and they've been good for a long time, and that's why they're where they're at. I've never won a championship, never won a race, but I feel like 
I'm good enough to be there with them. And that, like knowing that mentally is, is very helpful for my confidence. Um, and Salt Lake City was a huge confidence builder for me, especially with, so basically my whole career, like I've never been good at qualifying, like mm-hmm. ever in the history of ever, maybe one or two races. <laughs> the history of ever. And, um, and so for Salt Lake, the last couple of races, it seems like I was, if I wasn't in the top five for like the last four races, I was right there on the edge, sixth or seventh. And so that was really big for me. And then I felt, I felt like the second half of the series, I rode way better than I did the first half. Like I wasn't even the same person. And so that also really helped my confidence, but, um, you know, the sport's hard and these guys are good. So, yeah, it's it's it, it's very it's one of the most difficult sports in in the world. Obviously, you know we know physically and uh, it's dangerous, and you know the, what you guys do at that level is just unreal. So, and and the guys that are outside the top five get almost zero credit. It seems like. Yeah, for sure, for sure, and they're yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. There's there's a lot more than five guys that could win a race and. <laughs> Yeah, you're not going to be like super surprised. Exactly. Well, do you think that the fact that you went straight to 450s and that I mean I know you were you were a taller kid, so like that's that was a good decision I think. But do you think like I feel like I put you in that same conversation as Bogle, like you were talking about, and a lot of those other guys that hung around and got that one lights championship. Do you think that because they they hung around and were able to get those better results in the lights, do you think that? that gives them a, a boost over you competition-wise when it comes to getting these big rides? Or do you feel like you've had to kind of define yourself differently being straight 450s? Uh, no, I think I agree with you. I think that the championship helps a lot. Like, if you take, let's say, Justin and me on paper, and you look at our following, like, if you're going to hire a guy, and let's say we're the exact same speed, which him and I were pretty much the same last year in outdoors, if you're going to sign somebody you're probably going to want to sign the guy that's going to draw more attention, have more fans at your rig. And he's got that. He's won a championship. Like he's, he's popular for a reason. Yeah. I have, I, I, I don't have that. You know, I got 30,000 followers on Instagram. Like I'm not crazy popular. And so I think that helps a lot. It's weird, but that, that you don't, you know, like you're one of those guys that, just gets overlooked a little bit, whether it be from the teams or the fans. I can see that, but I don't know why. Maybe it is just your social media presence because, it be, you know, okay, Justin, we're talking about Bogle. We keep bringing him up, but, like, he does the hip-hop thing or whatever. So people think that's cool or whatever. And same with, like, Adam Intonap or whatever. Like, they have these other things outside their results that maybe help with that, you know, and – you're just a grinder, man. You go out there and you put in these great results, but they're just overlooked. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. It's weird, I, I, but well, I don't have an answer, unfortunately. I think another thing is, is we were talking about, like, you you're put in that same category because you've been in the the main class that long, but you're only 23 years old. Yeah, I so, didn't realize that. Yeah, you're, you're still young, so I think that, like, those guys have been around longer, too, so it kind of puts them in a, in a different set of shoes. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so we mentioned, uh, Derek a minute ago, or Jericho, as people know from the Pulp Show, or Derricko, as you like to call him. Um, Derek has rinsed for yourself and Bogle at Rocky Mountain. 
And uh, I was texting. He texted me Sunday and was like, hey, you need to get Benny on this week. And, you know, so I'm going to – and I just talked to him so we can announce this. Uh, he Derek has stepped away from Rocky Mountain, is going to go on the road with you as a privateer. Yep. Yep. I'm super, super thankful for that. Um, honestly, he's probably the hardest working mechanic in the pits. If if he's not the hardest, he's one of the hardest working ones. Um, yeah. I like him no, and Austin a lot. Both those guys yeah. under that tent. And, yeah, Derek's Derek's badass. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm super stoked to have him. And so far this past week, he's put in so much work for this program. And, you know, I can't thank that dude enough. Um, hopefully we can put it on the podium and make it all worth it. Dude, that, yeah, that would be cool for the both of you guys. Man, I really am fans of both of you guys just as people. Um how about your program? Like, what? Who stepped up? Uh, I know you said you're still working on some things. Do you like what gear are you going to be in? Do you have a goggle deal? You know, what's what's what can you say? Um, so I'm going to be wearing Thor gear, which I picture on my Instagram. I think I was wearing Thor. Yeah, I believe um, so. Yep. So I'll be wearing Thor gear with Alpine Star boots and helmet with 100% goggles. Damn. Um, I was gonna I was gonna throw out the X brand, man. I'm an X brand rep, but okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, we I I was wearing 100% with Rocky Mountain, and then yeah. thankfully those guys are just going to kind of keep helping me. Okay. Um, but we're still working on a lot of the bike stuff. We don't have a lot of the stuff concrete yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be riding the Huskies. No clue on graphics or stuff like that yet. Uh, what about oil? You got an oil? I'm going to use the Maxima. Okay. Damn, you uh, know, I was going to try to get you hooked up with a bunch of my sponsors, and you're just shooting me down. <laughs> Yeah, Derek's Derek's been handling all that stuff. Um, gonna work with Maxima, Recluse. Um, trying to think here. He's he's done most of the deals, so I'm not okay. honestly not even sure what all of them are. That's fair um, enough. You need to worry about riding and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Renthal. I know we're doing Renthal. Okay. Parabinos. Um, yep. 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 Derek Paul. reached out to them, but Good. Uh, I think he's working on some more stuff. But um, okay, should be should be more concrete here within the next few days yeah um benny i was just kind of wondering i i never really seen much about your your training program and who you work with i was just going to see what other pros that you ride with and like who are some of your friends and then also who are you training with and who's helping you with all that stuff um so i train at robbie Raynard's in oklahoma um normally we have austin forkner riding with us but he is still injured from his crash at the last salt lake race um, Bogle rides with me, good friends with him. Um, see Dustin Winter, Caden Amarine, who's an amateur, who's going really good. Um, some more amateur kids. Um, honestly, friends wise, I don't have a lot, like, <laughs> a lot of like close, close friends. Yeah. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good friends with Justin. Um, I play Xbox a good bit, like in my off time, okay. play a lot with Kevin Tapia. Um, there you go yeah, yeah. you talked to oh, well my voice just broke wow that was just hit, <laughs> just hit puberty uh i think didn't you talk about that with maybe it was maybe it was Derek. Did, did you do something with mathis a while back where you're talking about gaming maybe i i do play i play a lot so okay i i that's I, like my best relaxing time yeah i want to just sit down in my office and play maxbox I've been considering getting a game console because I, 
I, maybe it was you and me, Scott, like last week on the show or whenever, but I, I have a PS2 that's up in the attic. Um, mm-hmm. But that's like the last time I played was five, six years ago. Yeah, we were, we were talking with, we were talking with Brandon and he won the lights, but I think Benny actually, you won the, the, the premier class and that mm-hmm. online thing they did. right? Oh yeah. 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 Heart raft. Yeah. So, but I really want to play some of these new moto games. Cause I, the last thing I played was MX unleashed. That's all I really know. <laughs> so I was considering maybe buying a console to do that, but I don't know. Yeah. I think it's a good idea. My chick one. one. Supercross three is like my go-to game right now. Mm-hmm. And it is honestly really, really good. Okay. We well. got like, Bogle plays with us. Tapia <laughs> plays with us. I like we have like a good group of like local guys too that will play. And honestly, yeah. Tevin is so annoying to play that game with. Tevin is. Yes, Justin would agree with me too. Like he is. He he's the type of guy that's like if he's having a bad race, he'll like stop and wait. <laughs> and okay. like try to clean you out. He, yeah, he's got this thing where so it's me and this this kid from Kansas that races RC cars that we're friends with, but like we do like championship race things. Yeah. So we do like five round championships, and at the last race, if we're like battling for the championship and we're battling in the race, and if I'm leading, Tevin will stop, <laughs> wait until I lap him, and then just try to clean me out as much as he can, and I'm just like, that's not cool. <laughs> No, it's not cool, and I get very frustrated and very angry because I'm an extremely competitive person. <laughs> right. And, oh, it's oh. it's very frustrating. I know. Like I was just saying, imagine if somebody did that in, in, real, life. in real life, like it's like winners take all style, right? Kind of like, like that year. What was this? I didn't remember what year it was. That uh, Chisholm and Reed. Oh, oh yeah. Like, man, I don't want to talk about that. Two thousand nine. Chiz is my boy, so I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, I feel that. <sighs> yeah, Chiz is my. Yeah, no, you'd be hated forever. Yeah, 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 definitely. You couldn't, you could not get away with that now, especially with social media and all the. Everybody's always mad at about everything as it is. Like you'd be, yeah, skewered alive if you tried to do that now. Just jeez. Well, Benny, man. Um. Well, last question, I guess, for me. Uh, Loretta's. What do you think about racing up national there? Uh, <laughs> I've been asked this a lot in the past few days. I bet. I bet. Um, I guess it'll be cool. Um. I don't know. I've heard that they're not going to change the track, which... No. Well, Davey said they're going to add to it. It's it's going to be longer and a national-style track. I don't know what that means. I know things have changed daily, but he said it will not be just the amateur track. Okay. See, that, that makes me feel a little bit better. Right. I feel like that track's like a 65 track, pretty much. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. You know, it's on flat. Like, it's completely flat. There's no elevation. That may still be the, the lap case. Lap times are short. The yeah, there's not really a way. I feel like they're where they're going to get elevation. But right. Lap times are pretty short. There's no like there's a few jumps, but they're tiny. Um, yeah. Can you? I imagine? mean, it'll be cool to go back there, though. Dude, you guys would do like a hundred laps if it, if they don't add anything to it. It would be yeah, horrible. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't like that. <laughs> no. Well, I'm uh, I'll be there for that round, and that's the only round I've already said this a few times on the show tonight. But that's the only one I'm going to since they're not letting us interact really with you guys. There's no reason for me to go, but I'm gonna drive up for that because I've never been to Loretta's period. So I think it'd be cool just to hang out and try to see a couple of days of the amateur racing ahead of time. So I'll uh, I'll see you up there, dude. Well, sounds good. We'll see you there. 
All right, Benny. If uh, man, if you have anything uh, you want to update us on or anything, let us know. We'll get you back on, but we'll see you in a couple weeks. All right, sounds good, guys. Thank you for letting me come on. Yes, sir, Benny. Thank you. Cool, Benny Bloss. Yeah, good dude. Yeah, yeah, chill. I, yeah, I like him. I I uh, I hope he does well, man. Uh, nothing against that team, but I feel like he. I feel like Benny's one of those guys that's earned a spot. Um, you know he's. You know he he's had some injuries here and there, but he's earned a spot in my eyes, and I hate I hate that they just yeah. guys like that are just let go to figure it out. I know I, th- I think it'll come around. Uh, hopefully, it gets a good year this year. But like like we were saying, he's, he's twenty three, so yeah. I mean, think about it. Most most guys that are just now starting the four fifty class are twenty what twenty two, twenty one, twenty two. Yeah. So he's he's already five years in on those guys so i think i think it'll come around for him i think so too i, I wish path. i i'm surprised that that's how his age i did just wasn't aware i guess i let it i just wasn't thinking about it um okay let's take another break and we'll be back with uh richard cutback what's up guys this is the seven juice trade out of intercom i'm here to tell you about Aturbis usa for decades Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you gotta do is go to AturbeastUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Hey, Dad. Great race. Not sure how you could even see. Thanks, bud. Track conditions were pretty brutal, but thanks to my X-Brand goggles, I had hashtag clear vision all the way. X-Brand goggles has grown into the goggle choice of many of the top privateers, such as Ben LeMay, John Short, Alex Ray, Kyle Chisholm, as well as 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion Gary Sutherland. Hey, guys, this is Gary Sutherland. 2017 works in Heron Heron Champion, and I trust X-Brand. My name is Ben LeMay, and I choose X-Brand Goggle. Hi, I'm Andy Kiefer, and whenever I want to best dress, I wear X-Brand Goggles. Hey guys, this is Kyle Chisholm, and for almost a decade in my professional racing career, I've chosen X-Brand as my goggles. Now, X-Brand Goggles is joining the Moto X Pod Show for 2020 with their EKS, S, and Flat Out Series Goggles. Go to eksbrand.com or email darksidemx3 at aol.com for pricing. What's up, guys? This is Alex motherfucking Ray. And if you don't use X-Brand, then you. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy Lock-On Grips today. Our next guest of the night is brought to you by Cherbies. For decades, Cherbies has been the leader in moto plastic and accessories with products that fit perfectly, look amazing, and last. A Cherbies has what you need. Visit CherbiesUSA.com. Or call 1-800-659-1440. Let Brian Fullerton know the Moto X-Pod show sent you. Tonight, Acherbys brings us Mr. Richard Cutback, owner of South Central MX, and uh, the guy that's been around the industry for a long time. What's up, dude? Hey, how's it going? It's going good, man. So, um, just real briefly, I met you two weeks ago out at South Central, um, and 
didn't know, you know, that you were a guy that's been around a long time and done a lot of cool stuff. So I want to talk about all that. But first, I'd like to ask just, you know, what brought you to Texas and to buy South Central? How'd that all come about? Um, so I came out here last year and helped do some tracks. Uh, my buddy Dwight Dillon was out helping run the place. And, uh, you know, I really fell in love with the place. And I was trying to move to Texas out to the area. I'm good friends with Regal. And so um, I was trying to get involved maybe with underground or maybe do something of my own. So I was, like, looking at land. And uh, Mike Soul, my partner, had gave me a call. And there were some trainers here that just kind of left them high and dry and left them and took off. And so uh, yep. gave me a call and asked me if I could help him or if I was interested in buying the place. And uh, I worked out a deal with him and packed up and headed out. Well, it seems to – I've been there the last two Sundays, and turnout seems to be really good. And this this place has gone through a couple – or at least one owner with a couple trainers. I can't remember how many, but – Sometimes it's been private, then it's been, you know, public, and then it's been private again, and now it's back to being public at times. And the turnout seems to be good. What's the feedback been? Because I had a blast. Yeah, everybody's been liking it, which is awesome. Um, I wish I had a little bit more time so I could have the vet track open as well, but everybody kind of came in to train for Loretta's and yeah. kind of took my time with focusing on them. So uh, I wasn't able to get that track done, but... Um, yeah, everybody's been liking it. The main track's good. It goes good. Um, but when this track's all stacked up, I just got to get shaped in and hopefully opened up in the next week or two. That's cool, man. I, my, I've got Scott Thompson, a buddy of mine, in studio. And, Scott, you've been out to South Central in yeah. the past. Yeah. Haven't hey, been there yet since Richard took it over. But uh, Yeah, it was. It seemed like it came out and it was a really cool place, and I loved the track. And then it seems like it changed owners a couple of times, one or two times. Or I different think it people was, was trainers or people running it yeah, that were changing, and, but... It got to the point where it was almost like it fell off our radar to yeah. go ride because there was Agreed. just you didn't know what they were going to be open. So I'm glad to hear that you guys are getting it back to like it was before. But the cool thing, Richard, is I mean it's it's got the what you guys kind of call the national track. It's got a vet track. It's got a Loretta Lens replica track. Uh, it's got a Pee Wee track, and it used to have a little bit of a semi Supercross track. Uh, wasn't full on Supercross, but it was Supercross E. So, I mean, there was a lot of different opportunities to go ride different styles of tracks out there. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, the tracks that were here before were, were good. They flowed good. Um, the only problem was they kind of went in and out of the ravine. So when it rained, you know, it took us so long to put them back together. So right. my whole goal has been just putting all the tracks up top now. And then uh, I want to do more of a side-by-side UTV mud area down in the valleys where we get all the rain. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool because people are really into that right now. So that's awesome, man. I like to hear that. Um, talk about this weekend. You had uh, a uh, Supercross champion out at your place doing a little clinic on the Loretta Lentz track. Yeah, so uh, I'm good friends with Jason Anderson. Um, I do a Supercross track, and, you know, I had Star West down in California for a long time, and I had Supercross tracks there. So I've been, you know, building tracks for all these Supercross guys for, like, the last five years, and, um, you know, like I said, we became good friends, and I asked him, I was like, hey, since you guys aren't racing, you interested in doing a, a school out here? And so uh, he was all about it. And me and him had actually put on um, a school in the past down at Star West, and actually I had him, Brock Tickle, Axel Hodges, Tyler Fairman, Matt Michelia, Wesson Pike. Uh, I mean, 
everybody pretty much that trained down there, yeah. I kind of told them, hey, you guys all owe me a favor. I need you to come out for <laughs> this training camp. Hell yeah. And so everybody came out, and it was really awesome. Um, I partnered up with Ryan Walters. Um, he had made a movie called Youthful Edge with all the upcoming amateurs in it. And so we got a lot of those fast amateurs to come out and kind of be co-coaches. And, you know, we had, it was called Camp Edge. And uh, it was a really good time. And I just hadn't had a chance to do anything like that since. And I really wanted to. So when I talked to Jason and he was all on board, uh, you know, I was stoked and we were able to make it happen. Yeah, I think from what I saw, you had a really good turnout. The class was full. Uh, I swung over there for a few minutes right around lunchtime and uh, – you know, said hi to Jason just for a second. And what I saw was like, you know, I only see Jason at the races and he's not a huge fan of doing interviews and dealing with media. When I see him at the races, you can tell he really does, would rather not have to talk to you. He, he's in his, doing his thing, but oh, he's focused. yeah, but Sunday dude, he was like, dude, what's up, man. And like super like the Jason, I told Jason earlier this year, and I think it was the beginning of Supercross this year, but it might have been last year, where they did a little promo on him on, on Supercross, where he was sitting on the couch with his buddies and just joking. And, like, I always told him, like, that's the Jason I want to know, right? That's that's the – I don't I don't want to know – I want to see you as you are, like, in, just hanging out because it seems like you're a funny guy, and, and that's kind of how he came across Sunday. Even though I only talked to him for, like, five minutes, he was just happy and – it was cool, man. I really, I really appreciated the fact that I got to visit with him like that. Yeah, I think it's just kind of catching him on two different scenarios. You sure. know, you catch him at the races, and he's more in the race vibe and in the zone. You know, opposed to like this weekend when you caught him, and he's up there. You know, he really, really enjoys training the kids and giving back. You know, so he's happy running around there. And yeah. And doing what he does. I, I saw that. And all the kids seemed like they were really happy, and the parents seemed like they were happy. So that was cool. Um, hey, I want to get your background a little bit. How how did you, you know, get into building tracks? How did you get into motocross? I mean, I assume you rode. So uh, what's your story? I grew up racing. I grew up racing, like, LACR, which uh, I got to rebuild. So Hell that yeah. was awesome. Um, that was my hometown track. Uh, I raced with, like, Chris Dossler and that whole era, Chris Nichol and, and all those guys. Um and then, you know, I kind of stepped away from racing for a while, and then I kind of got back into it when I was old enough to get my own bike. And then um, I was good friends with Malcolm McCaffrey, and uh, his dad was selling Star West. Okay. Which we don't want to talk about that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, uh, I, you know, the opportunity kind of presented itself, and my partner that I was doing a magazine with at the time, you know, the Internet kind of killed the magazine, print was dead. We were kind of looking for our next venture, and he was like, hey, let's, let's get the track. So we did. And, uh, the tractor guy kept flaking out on doing the track. So I just hopped in the tractor and started learning how to do it myself. And three years later, I was building tracks for everybody. That's cool. Cause it honestly like learning to run in a piece of equipment's one thing. Building a track is completely different. Yeah. I couldn't even, I couldn't even start the dozer when I first got <laughs> That's awesome. Um, go ahead, Scott. Yeah. Um, so, hey, kind of, you know, talking about building tracks and stuff now, kind of compare that uh, piece of property out at South Central to some of the other places that you worked at. What's What's been like the place that you've done that's just was, you couldn't mess it up because the, le- the setup on the land was just so perfect. How, and where does South Central now rank oh, on that one? Oh, so many. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite places is uh, actually in Southern California. Uh, it's my friend Sky's place. And he's in right 
public owns everything. And, hey, hey, Richard, you uh, cut, you cut out, you cut out right there. there for, you, 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 me? you cut out when you were st- you first started answering this question. Can you start over? Yeah. So um, down in Redlands in Southern California, um, there's a job that I've been doing there for like the last couple of years, and it's my friend Sky's place, and uh, it's where Tyler Behrman jumped the house for X Games. Oh yeah. And then we also did some X Games Real Moto stuff the year before there with Axel Hodges. And uh, we've just done a ton of stuff there. And, I mean, we've taken that place from motocross tracks to razor tracks to right now there's just jumps everywhere. And so that's been one of my favorite places to build. Um, as far as, like, South Central and the dirt, the dirt here is just insane. The only other place that I've ever worked at um, that was, like, the same type of dirt was, like, uh, I'd done some grooming up at Challenge Tennis House in uh, Conroe, Texas. Yeah, and yeah. And the dirt there was amazing. Yeah, we're, we're very fortunate in East Texas, from south to north, just about to have good dirt. Um, you know, when I first ran into you two weeks ago, I was actually talking to Scott Champion. You were standing next to him, and you saw my Kiefer logos and brought that up. And I was like, yeah, I've been trying to get Kiefer to come out here for years. You know, every. I messaged him yesterday. I said, "What time are you pulling in?" He still hasn't told me he's waking out on coming. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I texted him. Yeah. I texted him that night. I was like, "Hey, man, I met you know Richard, and we're waiting for you to come out here." And he's like, "Oh, man, I'm just just going to Colorado, and then I'm going to a race place." He's not even he's not even stopping at Greg Alperson's place. Yeah, that's what you're saying. No, I just wanted to give him some crap. He's a good guy. I, I love Kiefer. Um, he comes, uh, I do Mumford's place out in Southern California and he comes and rides there like once a week. Yeah. Carson's a good kid, man. I just had him on a couple weeks ago. Uh, and you know, I've visited with him a few times and I, I like Carson a lot. He still owes me a Jersey, but good kid. Oh yeah. Awesome. Him uh, and his dad, Scott's a great guy. They're a great family. Yeah. Now you mentioned earlier, you texted me earlier cause you saw I was having Brock on and you said Brock's one of your guys, man. What? Tell me a little bit about your, you know, Brock and why why he's one of your boys. So, Brock was one of the uh, when I was talking about the, when I did the school with uh, Jason Anderson in Southern California. Brock was one of the teachers there as well. Okay, um, I had built four Supercross tracks out at Star West one year. I closed it down to the public, and Brock had rented a track out with Weston Pike and a few other riders, and then he had got hurt. So he only got to ride the track like once or twice. Mm. So uh, that was like when I first kind of met him. And then we had a mutual friend, Ethan Judas. And so me, him, and Ethan would go hang out um, here and there. And, uh, you know, you see everybody at the tracks all the time, especially when I had Star West. You know, I see those guys every day. So you kind of build that relationship with them. Yeah, good people, man. Like, I, do you find – so I've been doing the show now, I think since 2017 is when we really kind of kicked it off big. Uh, and I find that a lot of the people, most of the people I come across in the industry are like Kiefer and Brock and just really good down-to-earth people. Uh, is that what you find overall? Because I know there's those there's those buttholes out there, but I really don't find that many of them, to be honest. You know, I, I've said this before to people. I, I've met some of the shadiest people you could ever meet in the moto industry, and I've met some of the greatest people and lifelong friends in the moto industry. So, you know, just... just the same as anything else in the world yeah. or any other sport you're doing or anything, there's going to be bad ones and there's going to be good ones, you know? Absolutely. Um, so kind of going back to South Central a little bit, um, do you have any plans of racing or are you going to keep it kind of practice facility, training facility kind of thing? Yeah. Um, 
I don't know how he, you know, he might get a little mad about me announcing this a little early, but uh, <laughs> we're going to be doing a Halloween race with Jason Anderson here for Halloween. We're going to do practice on Thursday, racing Friday, racing Saturday, and we're going to do like a little, you know, haunted forest and trick-or-treating. That's and, cool. Know, the motorhomes and stuff like that for the kids. Awesome. Oh, man. What track would that be on? It'll be on the main track. So okay. I got a lot of work to do. I got to put up some fences and starting gate, mounting tower. Wow, so. yeah, you do have a lot of work to do now that you say that. Yeah, because they held one race that I know of previously there, and it was on the vet track, and basically they just put a canopy up, as I recall, and like I think they announced it from under the canopy. Something like that. I can't remember. I didn't race that. I would just set up, and I'm an ex-brand rep, and for a few other companies, I set up and hung out, but I didn't actually ride. That's cool, man. I, I'm really, really stoked that you're doing this and that you're out here, man, because we have a lot of tracks in this area, but... You know, Buffalo Creek right down the road from me is kind of, in my opinion, just mm. not even worth going to anymore. I hate to say that. Um, and they don't really race there anymore. And when I first went to South Central like a year and a half ago, like I fell in love with that place. So I'm I'm stoked that you're trying to bring it to the next level. Yeah, definitely, you know. And with me being a track builder, you know, like I every time I open track will be pressed and ready to go, you know. I you know, you can't showcase your work and have a crappy track. You're not going to sell no track. You know? Yeah, you're right. People will, you know, and people uh, are hard to please these days. So you definitely got to put your yeah. work in to, to make them happy. The Even, are too steep. They're not steep enough. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. Every track uh, owner, I think, gets all that. You need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do this. And Oh, everyone's a track builder. Yep. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And I, uh, I know nothing about it. So, and. Honestly, dude, I just I suck lately. Like the last two times I rode at your place, I've just uh, like I'm just gonna go out there and try to stay out of somebody's way and cruise and have a good time. Oh, man, you're ripping. Shh, that's a lie. If <laughs> you were you were watching somebody else then, because that yeah, not me, dude. Uh, but but I had a blast. So man, I appreciate it. It's cool that you're open during the week too. Sometimes. Yeah. So this week we had a lot of people come out from Loretta. Uh, I have a lot of families from California that you know would race. Star West when they see them growing up and they follow me on Instagram and stuff and uh, so they knew I was out here so they all came out here and um, I, I still got almost every camping spot sold right now everybody leaves like Friday yeah that's good man I, I it's good for the industry I like seeing it I was gonna try to make it out this week but I'm on call at work so I can't really deal do that so unfortunately I'm not gonna make it this week um, but hopefully hopefully I'll be back out there soon maybe won't be this weekend, but maybe the following week, if you're open, I'll be out there before Loretta's. Oh, that track will be open, uh, not this weekend, but the next. I, I'm, oh, cool. I might get it done for this weekend. I just don't want to make any promises sure. next weekend for sure. Well, Richard, man, it, it's really cool to get a chance to meet you, and um, I, I'm sure I'll see you a bunch because I'll, I'll be coming back out there. A lot of my friends have been out there the last couple weekends, and I'm sure we'll be regulars. Awesome. Thanks again for uh, inviting me guys on the show, you guys, and uh, you're welcome out anytime. All right, man. Thanks. Take care, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. See you soon. All right. All right. See ya. Again, for you guys that are uh, not in the area, check out the Instagram. It's at South Central MX. Um, cool place, man. I've talked about it before in the past. I think we had Shannon Iday on at one time who was training out there, and things just didn't work out, but really cool facility, and it sounds like Richard knows what he's doing, Scott, and yeah. I think... If he's building tracks of the caliber that we just talked about, you know, with for the riders we just talked about, th this place is probably going to be something special it, soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. It makes me 
I'm thinking about like, okay, well, I was on the interview. I was like, all right, who am I going to go ride out there this weekend with? It's, it's making me itch. Last yeah. time I rode out there, it was almost like a goat trail because they, they didn't Prep they it. didn't grade it right. Yeah, and, yeah. and then everything was like, you either rolled it and you were going like too slow to even have fun or you hit peak to peak of like the sketchiest jump you've ever hit in your life. And so like, I don't know, it just, it really threw me off and I'm, I'm glad to see him getting getting it the way it was when yeah. it first opened. Well, I'll tell you, awesome. man, some of the there's some tabletops out there. They're pretty big and they throw you really high. Like they're peaked. And a couple of the other vet riders were like, "Man, they're too peaked for us. Like we don't really want to jump them." And I get that because I wasn't jumping them either. Um but then my buddies who were jumping them were like, "They're really not that bad." So yeah. you know, you can't make everybody happy. You just you can't. can't. Um but I think I think over time this it's going to be a facility that we love going yeah. to. And I know you have your, your deal, your, uh, at Swan, your membership at Swan. Yeah, we, but we try to go, I, I try to go to somewhere on, be, to be straight up honest with you, I'm kind of burned out on Swan. Yeah. <laughs> but cause it's, if, cause I've just been riding there cause it's already paid for. So <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited to see that this is opened up again. And I'm definitely, we try to do like a track like that, like either that or Buffalo or underground or something yeah. like that on Saturday. And then, Swan. already have the gear and everything going yeah. so you might as well hit swan on sunday well, let's try this this weekend coming up obviously i'm on call right the following weekend i should have off let's try to get together and yeah get a little group going. we'll get tj and cooley and some other guys yep. to go out there and have a good time get so spencer and some other people we'll get them yeah, going absolutely all right let's take a quick break uh we'll be back with darian hickey we all know engine oil is the lifeblood of our machines. That's why you need blood lubricants for the highest level of performance and protection. Manufactured here in the USA and designed to handle the heat and humidity. Blood lubricant oil lines such as Pro Elite Series, Pro Series, and the new Scorpion Blood will exceed all your needs. Whether you race moto, sprint cars, side-by-sides, or anything else, blood lubricants has you protected. Tests have shown that engines can run up to 30 degrees cooler while using blood. Just ask Chris Kiefer. DJ TJ and I trust blood lubricants in our machines so you can too go to bloodlubricants.com to order today don't forget to check out their chain lube two-stroke pre-mix polyclean and many other products use promo code moto x to support the moto x pod show hey kylie does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts no way kathy he uses shock socks the original and number one 10 second removable fork sill protector looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. If you're anything like me, you remember back in the late 80s, early 90s, all the cool custom painted helmets that you'd see on Supercross. Jeremy McGrath, Jeff Emig, Damon Bradshaw, all the top riders had custom painted helmets tricked out and I was super jealous. I could never afford to get one done. Now there's an option, extreme colors. When you're rolling up to the line with a custom painted helmet, it's one of the coolest feelings you can have. Kirk Hunter has been painting helmets since 1998 and his price is still the same. $295 gets you a professional, one-of-a-kind paint job on your lid. Just contact Kirk at xkhelmetpainting at gmail.com or go to motoxpodshow.com and check out the contact links. Now you too can have a custom painted helmet just like Jeremy McGrath and be the envy of all your friends at a reasonable price. Follow him on Instagram at X-T-R-E-M-E-K-O-L-O-R-S Extreme Colors. 
Let them know the Moto X Pod Show sent you. Next guest is brought to you by Fly Racing. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. In 2019, Fly Racing became the title sponsor of Supercross with what riders like Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, the beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. Fly Racing will continue to elevate, and this year, 2021, the new gear will be out on Friday, so stay tuned for that. But tonight, Fly Racing brings us Miss Darian Hickey. What's up, Darian? Hey, how's it going, guys? It's going good. Really cool to have you back on. For those that don't remember, you were on, man, was it last year for the, or two years ago? 2018. Yeah, two years ago, <laughs> you uh, you filled in for our friend Taylor Hyman for the Vegas Torino team race. So this year, you're uh, you're going solo, you said. Yeah, I wanted to do something a little bit different. Sounds like it. Um, yeah, so I raced works for, gosh, since 2016, and I did all I could there. Um, Meaning what? I got, Have you won some championships? Yeah. So Heck every yeah. year I, I got podium championships, and last year I almost clinched first place, but I missed it by like one race. Um, so I ended the women's a class with a second place, but I just kind of like was looking for something different. Uh-huh. And ever since racing Vegas Trino in 2018, it gave me like a whole different perspective and a whole different feeling. And I just knew that every day since I raced that race, I was like, wow, like that was like, probably one of the greatest races I've ever done in my life. That, and it's something good that, that I never like would ever forget. So, um, some things happened and I just decided that, you know, I really want to pursue this mm-hmm. because it was, it was just, I don't know. I just fell head over heels with it. And I kind of like got this crazy idea in my head. I'm like, you know what? I can, I can do this on my, all by myself so that's, <laughs> that's kind of like where where I went for it and I I worked so hard because it isn't it isn't the cheapest thing to do and it's hard to come by sponsors so I worked my butt off trying to find people that could help support me and luckily I found um I found a really reliable sponsor that's really been there for me through my works racing and for the best in the desert so I got pretty lucky with that. Who's the sponsor? Let's give a shout out. Um, it's it's Uncle Vinny's Racing. Okay. So it's um, a local guy here in Vegas that sponsors a bunch of other works riders. Um, a lot of my my buddies that are racing out there. So I'm one of his. I think one of his only female riders. So um, he's awesome, and he's really always been there for me. So I couldn't appreciate him more. Does he have a Instagram or anything? Um, he does, but I'm not sure if he's like super active on it. Right. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's uncle Vinny's racing and then I believe he does have his personal one, but. Okay. Well, we'll check that out for just for people listening. Uh, you are at Darian, D-A-R-I-A-N underscore two, two, eight. So give her a follow if you yes. aren't already. Um, so you keep talking about how special that race was and what it meant. What makes that race so special? What was it that just like. Because I hear this with people that go to Baja for the first time. They just fall uh-huh. in love with Baja. Why'd you <laughs> fall in love with this? Because that's a long race, and that's, like, I, I know I couldn't do it. So what, why, why did you, yeah. what was it? I don't know. I think it was just, 
it was a whole different experience for me and a whole different avenue. And I know that my dad used to race back in the day mm-hmm. and he kind of followed some stuff like best in the desert. So it meant a lot to me to kind of follow in his footsteps. And then also this was like the biggest race I ever did without my dad. Um, my family and I are super close with racing. So that Vegas Torino race, he wasn't able to be there. Mm. So I think it kind of released some pressure off of me in a way. And I just went out and had fun. Okay. And normally, like when I used to race, it was like pressure, 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 do this, do this. You have to place here and just always like be on top of your game. So to kind of break away from that and go into something else with my closest friends to race and have fun, it was just like the greatest experience for me. And then it was also, I think I mentioned this back when we were on the podcast in 2018. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I was on a two-stroke ever. Oh, I yeah. never yeah. rode a two-stroke. So that like brought a whole different feeling for me. So that was fun. And I just, I don't know what it was, but I loved being out there alone in the desert going super fast, high speed stuff. Like it just felt at home to me. So that's that's when I decided kind of shortly after I raced it, I was like, you know what? I think I really want to do this and I know that I could do it. So I just like put my head down and did what I could and worked really hard to be able to be where I am right now. So very cool. That's, that's impressive. Yeah, that's really impressive. Um, so me personally, I don't really know a whole lot about the enduro desert racing off-road, yeah. off-road stuff. So from outside perspective, like you said, you mentioned the speeds. That seems like to me that would be the gnarliest part. But to you, once you behind the goggles, once you're on the the course, or um, what is what is it the gnarliest part to you? What do you think the the hardest part of enduro is? Huh. That's that's a good question because I really love the high speeds, and I know that that that's like a tilting shift for a lot of people because once you get up into those high speeds, if you have like a gnarly crash, like that's that's like deal breaking right there. Sure. Yeah. Super bad. So (laughs) I've never, never really thought of it that way. I've just loved the feeling of going fast, but trying to think of something in the aspect of like racing best in the desert that would be gnarly to me, probably being able to stay focused and stay consistent because I raced silver state, the silver state 300 a couple weeks ago. And I had right in the beginning of the race, I had two high speed crashes, mm. which is scary because if you get hurt early in the race, like you're, you're done. Yeah. So just trying to stay, I would say the, the hardest thing to do is to stay consistent and be on top of your game. Always, always be aware, just ride smart. I think that's one of the most important things other than like being scared of things. Being hydrated is, is a big thing too. Oh, like you yeah, don't want to yeah. get out there and just com- completely deplete yourself and, and run out of energy. So I have a, a lady here, um, her son, um, I, he actually rides my old 250, uh, Gavin. She's a, a nurse here, and she actually helped me with getting an IV, and that was like it helped so much oh, before the race yeah. the day before. Yeah, but the only thing is, is <laughs> I like – the entire race and it was like horrible and it was okay. so hard to focus 
poo and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. But I'd rather be hydrated yeah. than not because it really saved me because I was on the bike for, I think, eight hours. So wow. it really like saved me for, and especially being in the heat, it, being hydrated is like key. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I saw that in a past interview you did that you had one race where you pretty much like blacked out and then I'm not sure if you said you couldn't finish or not, but I, that's kind of what's led into my other question is how long and how close to that line of just complete physical exhaustion do you have to stay at to finish one of those races? Hmm. I think it depends on the person, honestly. Like, for me, like, when it does come to these really long races, like, you really, like I said, you have to be smart. You have to eat. You have to to make sure you're drinking while you're racing. But it's just, yeah, you have to, you have to eat. You have to drink. Hmm. And just, just, it's like a mental thing for me. Like, because I, I don't like to give up. So while I'm out there, like, I have a goal set in my head and, like, I never want to give up. So even if I am tired, to me, it's more about being able to safely finish the race rather than just going at it like hard. Yeah. So you don't exhaust yourself right away. But like I said, for me, it's a mental thing. Like once I get out there in my head, I'm like, there's nothing that's stopping me. And if I get tired, then I know that I need to take it a step back in order if I do want to finish. So for me, it's, it's a, it's a mental aspect. Like I feel like I'm mentally strong in that area to where I know, like if I really want something, I'm going to go get it. Yeah. I think that what you're saying, the mental aspect of doing a race like this, uh, like we're talking about is probably a lot higher than a typical, you know, race, right? I mean, cause this is an endurance mm-hmm. race and just going fast. Isn't the only thing that's important. Yeah. Because once you're out there for so long, like things start to, your vision starts to get different and you kind of like click into this different zone. And it's like, I call it like having blockers. Like when they do the horse races and you have the blockers and all you see is like tunnel vision in front of you. Like sometimes you have to like take a second to like look around, to like look around you so you don't get caught in that tunnel vision because it, that can mess you up too. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, remind us how how many miles is this race and how many hours do you anticipate it taking? So for Vegas Torino, I've done some research. So it's 514 miles. Wow. And I'm guessing, I think the first pro bike takes off at 545. So I'm guessing, yes, in the morning, yes. So I'm guessing I won't take off till about maybe... 6.30, 6.45, or even 7. Mm-hmm. And I'm planning, I looked at last, the couple past couple years of results for the Ironman class, and they're on the bike for about 12 to 13 hours, Gosh. which is, like, really long. But then you look at, compare that to Baja, and that's, that's nothing. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. I think so, I... yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. It's gonna it's gonna be a super long time on the bike, and I had some feedback from a couple racers that have done it, and they're like, "You really have to make it's gonna be a long time, and try <laughs> yes. not to look at all the mile markers because I did do that when I raced Silver State. It's just a habit because I like to know where I'm going and always being aware. Mm-hmm. And they have the mile markers for every mile; it keeps bumping up and up and up. 
so to watch those it makes things go by really slow i'll bet yeah yeah <laughs> so i'm 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 just kind of right now in the past couple weeks i've been mentally preparing myself okay i know i'm gonna be on the bike for a really long time and i think one of my main goals here is to just finish and finish safely no matter how long it takes me because i like i said i already have it in my head that this is not going to be some 30 minute race (laughs) you're going to be out there all, all day so i've been trying to train my mind to think that it's going to be the normal thing <laughs> that's yeah that's intense um i was just sort of just being funny here but like when i ride moto i have an ipod mounted on my helmet and i have earbuds basically mounted inside my earpieces so i listen to music when i ride i think if i was doing what you were doing i just have to load a whole bunch of podcasts <laughs> in and like yeah, all right all right let's sure. we're, we're about to listen to some that's i don't know i just can't wrap my brain around being on a bike that long so that's yeah I, 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 crazy i thought about doing the music thing but i like to be able to hear my bike i still can like like i can still hear mine and i can hear other people that's what people always say well i want to hear the bike i still hear it i still feel it but there's still music and for me because i'm getting old darian and uh, i'm not very (laughs) fast and i get arm pump and uh, i'm out of shape when I have music going, it it relaxes me, and I'm a metalhead, so I've got Slayer and Lamb of God, and oh yeah, so like go. it keeps me like it calms me down, but at the same time, I have that aggressive music going, and it kind of makes me want to push sometimes. But anyway, I'm just it works for me. So yeah, absolutely. What about I do it on the mount the mountain bike? Yeah, so the same the same concept. There. Yeah, same concept. Um, what about, I think I asked you guys this a couple of years ago, maybe it was Taylor the year before when she was part of it, but if you're out there and you know, you have a flat or you have an issue, do you have ways to communicate? Do you have radio communication or what are the safety protocols for what you're doing? So for me, I know that when we raced in 2018, we had radios, we used radios, but they never worked. Their service was never great out there. And it was kind of frustrating. I could see that. But what we have, so this is something we were kind of thinking about. It's really smart to have communication out there, to have radio. And I'm going to have the big tracker on my bike. So I know that I'll have that. And then I wanted to try and be able to carry my cell phone on me just in case. But I kind of have, we're still kind of going back and forth with it. We ordered some radio headsets and I've talked to a couple people people that have raced it last year and the signal is just not good out there. Right. So I'm kind of like in the head that the mind space that I don't really want to carry any extra weight on me if it's not going to work. That makes so sense. So I'm, I, it, it sounds really dumb. Honestly, no, it doesn't. It makes sense. If it doesn't work, what's the point? A radio, but I'm kind of like, I feel like if I'm stranded out there, there's going to be somebody like, I'm not just going to, like, be left out there alone. Yeah. That's another so. scary part. Like, I don't know if I told you guys this last year. Probably not. But, like, I grew up – well, I, I shouldn't say I grew up. I lived in Barstow for a little while before we moved to Texas. That's kind of where I started riding dirt bikes more serious. And I did one desert race uh, in Barstow. It was, like, the Barstow Grand Prix. And it was a 26-mile loop. And I did a team race with my dad. So, I did the loop. He did the loop. Then we did it again. So, um but that dude, I, I like my arms, my hands were so like locked up by the second lap. And 
I can't imagine just being out there and not, you know, at least I knew I was doing a loop that was coming right back around. You're going in a straight line to a whole nother city. That's just scary. I think you're a badass. All you girls last, you know, two years ago, you guys won your class. I mean, it's, it's, it's cool. And you've mentioned the work series a few times. And, uh, you know, I know Gary Sutherland pretty well, who won that championship a couple of years ago. And I want to come out one of these years and run a works race. Um, I, I just think it'd be fun. Yeah, no, they're, they're a blast. And it, it's kind of different because this year, and obviously because of the whole COVID situation, yep. but I haven't raced works this year. And I went for, I think, what, three or four years back-to-back racing works. And I used to race all the time back-to-back. Mm-hmm. And now it's like I haven't really raced at all, you know, and kind of like with the best in the desert, like they're huge races but they're kind of spread out a little bit. Yeah. So I kind of feel like I'm not racing as much. And I kind of talked about it depending on what my, how my career path goes. I'm supposed to graduate in December. Um, so I wanted to go back and fully race works again for 2021, but we'll see, uh, where that, where that goes, but it's always a blast. And the, the entire works family and the crew out there, they're all awesome. So definitely if you could, uh, get the chance to race it, I would highly recommend it. Uh, yeah, I will do it at some point for sure. So uh, kind of two-parter, are you the are you the first girl to do the solo, to do it solo? So I tried to get some information on it. I know that there's been some prior female racers that have attempted it. I'm just not sure on my facts. Okay. okay. I'm the first female to like pursue the finishing at all. Um, I guess we'll see once we get to that point. Um, and I tried to see if I would be the youngest female that's doing it. I'm 22, so okay. um, I think we'll have to see once the series is over and see how I place. Um, but it would be very cool, and I would hope to inspire other females to kind of get into this avenue of the whole Iron Woman yeah. Yeah, that's feature awesome. because it's 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 definitely a surreal feeling for sure. Yeah. Yeah. With the, with the makeup to mud and all that's happening, you're in the perfect time to do that. And so the, the second part of that question is what else would you like to accomplish on a dirt bike, you know, in, in the next several years or in a lifetime What's some other bucket list, bucket list stuff that you would like to do on your dirt bike? So something I've really wanted to do for a couple of years is, um, Go race in Canada. I really want to race there. I think it's the Rockstar Triple Crown Series yep. in Canada. Yeah, they just started and this go weekend. Up there, yeah, go up there and race that because the, the women's aspect up there is huge. And my gear company is based out of there, and my gear reps are up there, and it would be really cool to go up there and be with them and race with all the girls up there. So that's been something that I've really wanted to do. Okay. I and didn't... then on the – go ahead. I was just saying, I didn't know you were, I didn't know if you were a mo- into moto, motocross. Yeah, I actually, I actually started out when I started racing in 2013, I started in moto. So that's, okay. that was where I started out. And once it hit 2016, that's where I kind of started to get into the desert GP stuff. Cool. So, and I kind of gave up moto for a little bit, even though doing works like, it is half moto and then you kind of go out and come back in. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's been, it's been a while since I've fully raced moto and I really like to jump. So there you go. It would, it would, it would be nice to get back to my roots and especially going, I've always, I've never been to Canada. 
So I really wanted to go and kind of experience that and race where there's tons of girls because back when, I mean, it's, it sucks here because we'll race here with like with works. Like there's only like three or five of us and it would be really cool to have like a full gate of females to race against and have fun doing that. Yeah, I, I want to go to Canada one of these days, too. and go. I don't know that I'll go up there to race, but I want to go check that series out because it seems like a cool series. Um, and I didn't realize the the women's side of it was as big as you're saying it is. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, no, that, that, it's, it's really cool. So, And then another thing, another big bucket list thing that I really wanted to do is try a GNCC race. It's just that they're so far. Yep. And I, I would really have to plan that out and figure out how I would get things over on the East Coast and do all that. But I've really, for some reason, I've kind of had a touch for mud. <laughs> there you um, go, yeah. So, and yeah. then we raced works. We raced up in Washington, and that was like a blast. Even though that's like not super close to the way the style of GNCC racing I still think it would be really cool to go out and experience one of those. And again, they have a floodgate full of girls too. So yeah. it would, it would be cool to experience that. We just had Taylor Jones on a few weeks ago and I think she's the defending champion if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, no, she's super cool. I've, I've followed her for a while and yeah. she just kicks, kicks butt out there. <laughs> she does uh, way more talent than me. And I, I, you know, I've never seen you ride, <laughs> but I can already tell you have more talent than me also. Uh, yeah, I've, uh, I've told Taylor a few times, like, I want to get, I want to get on track with Taylor sometimes because I feel like I could probably put her over a berm if I had to. <laughs> so Taylor, Taylor's kind of my homie. I like her a lot. She's cool. Um, so, but I, I'm just, I, I love the fact that I, I, like Scott mentioned the makeup to mud and, you know, I think it's cool that the premier supercross series is trying to highlight women in our sport and the fact that you ladies are out there doing that, um, you know, I, I think it's awesome because it is a family sport. Most of us get into the sport because our, you know, our moms or our dads, whatever, like me, you know, he rode, my dad rode dirt bikes out in the desert. And I got into, fell in love with dirt bikes. And I think a lot of us do that because it is a family, uh, family sport. It's a family activity. So I love the fact that the women are out there kicking butt like that. Um, I, I should have asked you this in the beginning. Uh, the interview, but like, how did you find your way into two wheels? What, what got you there? So like I mentioned, my dad, he raced back when he was younger. Okay. Yeah. And then my, my brother, he's 25. So he got my brother into it. And then I was like, well, what the heck? What about me? <laughs> so, and I've always kind of been on the tomboy side. So I've always done crazy things. I've kind of followed in my brother's footsteps a little bit. So I started out on the street on a little 50, would kind of like buzz up and down the streets on that. And then I got an 80, kind of did the same thing, kind of started cruising out in the desert on that. Okay. And then I got straight on a 250. So I never raced on anything smaller than a 250. And then I just kind of 2013 hit. I started racing at our local track here in Sandy Valley. Um, took on with that, just kind of like became second nature to me and just progressed fast. And then I got into, I started to hear more about the works and Mm -hmm. I got into that in 2016 and kind of took over with that. So it just all kind of evolved from my brother and my dad. Yeah. That's, 
now we're here. Pretty <laughs> typical. I like that's a good story. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that's, that's awesome and pretty gnarly that you do the enduro stuff. Um, they don't I call just, it. They don't call it enduro on the West Coast. It's off road. Yeah, enduro. Is it, okay, is like, that's yeah, what the East Coast is enduro. Okay. Yeah, they, see. That'd be like us saying if we went to the motocross track and somebody was like, "You're right out there riding supercross," or vice versa. Yeah, yeah. okay, I can <laughs> see that's. that's don't take offense, man. The, the off-road riders will get mad at you. That shows how little I know. I did one. I tried to <laughs> no, do one okay. uh, TCCRA race. Yeah, and it's our local cross yeah, country. Yeah, I, I think that's I, even different than the, yeah. Yeah, I think I may I maybe made it like two laps and that was done. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, but what I wanted to say is, um, you mentioned that the the Canada has the huge women's class, and I know for a while in the U.S the women's class was getting pretty big and then it's like it seems Seven, non-existent yeah. now and um, what do you yeah. what do you think maybe caused some of that to happen and what what do you think needs to change including the makeup to mud to get us back to where we have that that class again hmm. i know it's sad to say that it was the wmx that ended i didn't really like research into why it ended i just think it there wasn't enough support and i think funding was an issue that was it um, so I just think it's, it sucks to say this. It really does. But I feel like no matter what, it's going to be hard for female racers. Like we just have so much grit and so much power and we just, I, we, we can't compete with the men. Right. Like we can try We can try our hardest, but like I did my capstone project for school on like support for women. And like I've, I've said, why isn't there like, you, we don't see women's sports broadcasted as much. I mean, yeah, there's like the primary sports like tennis, soccer, stuff like that, but more of like the extreme sports. I feel like it's kind of, we're, we're put on the, the, the backfire for it. And I don't, I know that I feel like within the last couple years, I'd say the last two years, I feel like women have really gotten together and empowered each other to, to bring a different light to the motorsports industry to shed a different light to show people like what we're doing. But I don't, it's tough to say, like, I feel like a lot of it is funding and money and, and all that to try and get things back going. So, I mean, it is cool that like, like in Canada, they still do their series for the women. And like, I, I kind of wish that, we could be included with the men, but I don't know what the, the rules and regulations are with that. That's why, like, when I started racing works, because there were, there just a, there, there wasn't any women to race against. So I started racing with the guys and I had so much fun doing it. So I don't know. It's just, it's hard to say, honestly, it really is. Yeah. yeah I, I, don't, mean, I don't know what it would take to get things back up to par. I think, you know, like, in, I guess, 07, maybe in 06, 07, 08, like when Ashley Filick and Jessica Patterson were the premier female motocross riders, and they were killing it, and Ashley had, you know, the Red Bull deal, and there was a lot of support behind her, and they were, you know, they were getting a little bit of TV time, but there was mm-hmm. still, you know, I mean, I'll just, I'm going to say from my point of view, as men, we're kind of chauvinistic, and... You know, the mm-hmm. guys would be like, oh, you know, I don't want to watch a bunch of girls do this. And I, and I, yeah. I, I didn't, I don't really understand that. Uh, even now they, I hear, I see all the time you see on Twitter and Facebook, like this makeup the mud thing, stupid, but it's not like those girls weren't like Ashley wasn't going as fast as, you know, Ryan Villapoto or whatever, but they were still putting on amazing racing. Yeah. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, and they are still way faster than 99% of the people that are complaining about it. But I yeah, don't absolutely. I don't know how you change that because, unfortunately, you know, the, the sanctioning bodies and the TV package didn't want to pursue it either. And, he, and it just – there was no nothing for them to do. I, like you said, there was no funding. There was no support. And they really just couldn't keep it going, and it sucks because I think it's important. I, I mean, I want mm-hmm. more women yeah, I agree. to get involved. You know, I mean, I like seeing I like seeing the Makeup to Mud. And um, last year I went to the Makeup to Mud thing they put together. Oh, the at, camp? Yeah, I went down there at Cycle Ranch because that's not too far from me and got to meet a lot of the girls. You know, um, Elizabeth Hooker is a friend of mine. She came down, um, and a lot of the girls, the girl from Hawaii was out there, and they Dude, they have so much to offer the sport, you know, and I just, yeah, it sucks. And I feel bad that it can't be, I don't know, something bigger somehow. And I don't know how, to, again, I don't know how to fix it. Uh, all I can do is I like having you ladies on here that are part of the sport. And I, um, I'm i impressed with what you're doing, and I appreciate that you're out there. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate all that, the, the kind words and the support. Yeah, I, I think it's important. And I, I like I said, I'm sure if we went out, especially if we went out in the desert, you'd crush me um you know so <laughs> i give you all the respect uh, i've i've at 16 years old i was out at our local track here in texas called swan and there was a girl that at the time was considered the fastest women woman motocross rider in the world christy Sheely. uh and she was like 14 or 15 and i remember being out in practice and she went by me so fast darian that like i pulled <laughs> off i was like i'm done uh, you know, and yeah. it was, and the girls just rip, man. And, and that's, I don't know. I think it's awesome. I, I, and I, I look forward to, uh, trying to follow your progress. How can we follow your progress with, uh, the race? Will there, is there anything online where you can kind of see where people are doing and how they're doing throughout that event? Yeah. So they have, it's called, um, I want to say it's called racing tracks. Let me look it up here. Okay. Um, once the race goes on, you can track, like, you can pull up my number, which is 020, um, and I'm in the Ironman expert class, and you can pull it up on their website, and it should pop up, yeah, Racing Tracks, it's T-R-A-X.com, okay. and that's how you should be able to track it, and then, of course, um, my dad's probably going to be posting updates, that's 40s Racing on Instagram. Um, and then obviously once I'm done with the race, I normally try and post, um, race results and my, my thoughts afterwards. Um, so that's kind of where you can keep, keep a loop on it. Awesome. Well, Darian, I, I am really glad that you reached out to me. Um, you know, I, like I said, we haven't talked with the one other time and that was short with all the girls on really cool getting a chance to know you. And, um, Let's talk again afterwards, and we'll see how it, how it was, if it met your expectations, you know, how it felt and all that. Let's talk about it again. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me on the show. Of course, anytime. Just reach out, and uh, it's, it's really cool. So congratulations um, on, you know, that's a dumb, I guess, good luck was what I should have said. I'll, we'll say congratulations <laughs> afterwards, but good luck, and I uh, look forward to, to, you know, following your progress. Thank you so much. All right, Darian, again, at, at Darian underscore 228. Go give her a follow, and we'll talk to you soon, Darian. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. See ya. Cool, man. Um, way ballsier than me.
Yeah, I, that was the one thing that I, I didn't ask, as I, I wanted to know. Oh, what, I should have asked you. The, yeah. No, well, no, the, it was kind of too late, anyways. But the, the what those speeds do they go? Are they like seventies, sixties, seventies, eighties? I would say so. I, I want to say that when we talked to them in 2018, Sierra was one of the other girls that she said they were hitting up to a hundred at times. Oh yeah. Yeah. I want to say, cause I was like, Whoa, I've hit, like, I've hit like, I don't know. I, my, all my bikes have always been geared for moto. Yeah. But like maybe on a black top, maybe hit like 85 and that's, and that's on a black, that's on a smooth black sure. top. Yeah. I think I, in the, some of the, the fast areas they're hitting in excess of 90. Yeah. Is that right? In excess of 90 miles an hour. I would be like, yeah, my hands would be completely locked onto <laughs> yeah, the buzz. I, I just I wouldn't was, do it. No. I sit on the bike for another Dude, three hours after the race. 100 miles an hour in the desert, like, and a ravine for, comes for up. For 13 or hours. Well, I'm just saying for a minute, you know, like a second, like, and you just, nope, nope, I'm not out. One, one kicker. <laughs> yeah. No. So, yeah, she's. That's super cool. Um, okay, last break, and we'll be back with Brock Tickle. Next up, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Choice goggle for many of the top privateers in the business. Visit xbrandgoggles.com or hit me up, DarksideMX3 at AOL, for pricing. Tonight, X-Brand Goggles brings us Brock Tickle. What's up, bro? Uh, not much. Uh, honestly, long day at the track, so just heading home now. Okay, I kind of figured that <laughs> I figured that might be what was going on. Yeah, no, we started this morning at like 9.30, and uh, yeah, we had a good day of riding and testing, so uh, yeah, a long day. Yeah, well, let's start with congratulations on the factory Yamaha fill-in ride. Um, yeah, I mean, what's what's that feel like? You know, I mean, I know you had a deal with JGR, but uh, I mean, factory Yamaha, it's hard. You can't really say no to that. Yeah, you know, the circumstances for JGR for outdoors was 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 the best option I had, and they were going out on a limb to help me put me under the semi and obviously there were some circumstances that were tough about it for myself um i was gonna have to sort out travel expenses uh hotel rooms rental cars etc <laughs> yeah um and on top of that hire a mechanic as well so um yeah there was a lot of expense going into that but obviously at the moment, it was the best thing that was on the table, and Yamaha called me last Thursday. So first thing I did was call J-Bone and let him know. And, uh, yeah, it started there, and he he said, if it's a better deal, I think you have to you have to do what's best for you, ride the bike and see what you think and go from there. So that's kind of how it started. And then on Friday, I rode the bike and had a good feeling right away, and, and um yeah, I pretty much made the decision on Friday. Yeah, J-Bone seems to be pretty good about that, um, be, you know, what's best for the rider. I guess a lot of team managers are, but J-Bone especially. Yeah, no, for sure. He That was his main thing even back in um, – main concern back in um, February before we sorted things out for Supercross mm-hmm. was that if it wasn't better for me, obviously it was a critical time for me to come back and be competitive. And if the switch um, – to the uh, Suzuki and whatnot was going to be a, a struggle or or um, hold me back. He didn't want me to do it. So, um, with that being said, not like you said, not not all team managers are that way. But J Bone definitely stands out in that department. Right. Um, what I was looking at it looks like the last time you did an outdoor race was 2017, right? Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> 
So how how's it feel getting ready to go back out to the the man's tracks, man? The 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 heat, the humidity, the uh, you know Loretta Lynn's, jeez. Yeah, you know I'm looking forward to it. I've I've uh, always enjoyed outdoors. Um, it seems like when you get halfway through Supercross, you're ready for outdoors, and then right. when you get close to the tail end of outdoors, you're ready for Supercross. So um, with how things have gone this year, I'm I'm excited that. It's going to be a lot of racing in a short period of time for us for outdoors, but it'll be exciting that we're able to at least get out there and race. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, Brock, it's, you know, kind of on that same subject, when you were able to come back this year and do Supercross, kind of go through the emotions that you had. I'm sure that was probably the longest break you'd ever had from racing in your whole career. And just kind of go to what it was, what it felt like to be back on the track walk and back on the gate and just kind of the relief and, you know, like I said, the emotions that you went through when all, with all that. Yeah, you know, it was it was tough coming in because obviously I, uh, the plan was to come on my come and race and kind of do my own little team deal, um, share a toter home with uh, Ty Luke with Chisholm. And then I was getting to the point where it was kind of stressing me out, trying to put things together to make it line up. And J-Bone called me and that's how that came about. So that was one roller coaster I had to deal with. And then obviously everybody with COVID-19, which in theory with me, it helped me out because I broke my hand at round two. And I probably, if the schedule would have stayed the same, I probably wouldn't have been able to race the, the remaining rounds of Supercross. Right. So, um, I was able to get healed up and make my way to Salt Lake when they adjusted the schedule and get in. I got in, um, Obviously, I only got in five races because I broke my hand actually at the first race there. So, um, another roller coaster <laughs> for myself coming into outdoors as well, sorting out mechanic and lo- started looking at flights. And then I got this call from Yamaha. So, um, yeah, it's been kind of a roller coaster, but then a door opened. So things have been lining up in uh, a positive manner. So that's that's kind of cool to look at it that way. Yeah, we just had Benny Bloss on a little while ago who, you know, is bouncing around a little bit too, trying to figure out what he's going to do. And I mentioned while talking to him, like your your buddy Chiz, who uh, I don't know if you know this, but Chiz is my guy, man. I'm a huge Chiz fan. And like every year, that poor guy, last minute stuff coming together. That, that has to make it very difficult for somebody like yourself to like go out and train because you just – you don't know what bike you're going to ride necessarily. I mean – with the JGR deal and now going to Yamaha, like it, it, it has to be somewhat uncomfortable to go in and not know what you're doing until two weeks out. Yeah, you know it's it's I guess it's part of the part of the deal right now. There's yeah, there's we're over we're overpopulated. I think in both classes with talent and yep. there's there's uh, obviously there's a lot of teams, but there's not enough to fill every team. You know what I mean? There's not enough teams to have every good rider on them. So if you are put in that category where you're on the cusp of getting a ride, obviously for a full season, um, and then even being a fill-in guy, like there's a lot of other options most of the time. So it's kind of tough to to manage it. But I was kind of in the place of, obviously I wanted to make sure that it was going to be worth, worth the switch for myself. Um, and that's how things lined up. It was. So, um, it's a cool opportunity for myself. Uh, started on Yamaha back in 07 with Bobby Reagan at Star Racing. Was with him for till 2010, so four years. 
Um, so it's kind of a, kind of a, I don't know. It's kind of cool to be back on blue. Yeah, yeah, and that thing's, that thing's good. Yeah, I really, I really do like the bike a lot. Um, that's one thing. I, honestly, though, I was kind of worried about. To be honest, um, the fa- obviously Factor Yamaha has had good results for the most part um, on paper, like great years, but not consistently knocking off podiums and right. being in the mix all the time. So, um, and I've heard obviously things about the bike being hard to ride and this and that, but I've I've gelled well with it. Um, they have some employees that I've worked with in the past on the testing side and suspension side um, and mechanic-wise, so uh, familiar faces for me there. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's a cool opportunity for myself because I feel right at home. How, did you spend, have you spent any time with uh, Travis Preston all on the bike this in the last few days? No, um, I don't really know how that works. I know he's more so, I think, the production guy yeah. as of right now, but I know he has done some factory stuff with the guys. So, right. Um, I haven't um, made contact with him or worked with him um, at at this time yet. But, okay. Um, I'm sure I'll see him um, at Glen Helen on Thursday. Yeah, he, he's got some... Uh... He you know, some some maps that he really you know that he's developed and he's he's got a lot of knowledge on that bike and I think he he really helped out from what I understand Barsha and AP get the bike back to a more normal setting from last year because I think last year they got way far away from where they wanted to be. Yeah, I mean nothing but good things to say from from my experience riding it and yeah. obviously I know I knew I did the 2019 shootout with Kiefer and I've seen the other shootouts with other uh, media and Yamaha the last whatever since 19 has been in the mix oh, for, yeah, for the yeah. working. Absolutely. So um, it's definitely a good baseline. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I picked that bike first in, in 19 as well. So, yep, I remember that. Um, so that was, it's cool to be on something that I've rode stock and then, get on a factory bike and feel comfortable because a lot of times that doesn't really happen. Yeah, that's that's something I've heard a lot about that bike. And I think, you know, Kiefer, Kiefer is somebody I trust. He's way more talented than I am, and I don't necessarily feel all the things he talks about, but I trust what he says when it comes to that kind of thing. Is that, that bike, you know, is one, the be- one of the best bikes, if not the best bike out of the box. And I rode the 2020 uh, back in November, uh, which it – damn near killed me literally but uh before i went over the bars i was loving it so yeah go ahead yeah brock you yeah, mentioned- no. i'm sorry go ahead yeah no yeah i mean it's been it's been cool to like i said for myself working with the testing department who um basically is ran by sergio who i worked with the rch for mm-hmm. four years and i had a really good experience with him um hutch who was bogo's mechanic at rch the last year longhorn who's um Barsha's mechanic was at Star when I first turned pro, and obviously seen him around the pits since. Um, and then um, Ryan from KYB, who helps us out as well, was helping Kenny uh, Roxon at RCH there in 2016 as well. So a lot of familiar faces, like I said, um, around um, for myself and guys I trust. So awesome. it's cool to have. Yeah, it's cool to have like that side of it. Um, figured out for myself. Yeah, uh, yeah, Brock. You you mentioned earlier your hand and how you know you broke it twice this year, and I, I heard you on the uh, Swap Moto live show. You were talking about 
that you were able to recover better with the cryotherapy and doing a little bit of hyperbaric chamber. How, kind of compare how the recovery process is now to back, you know, maybe when you kind of first started getting into it. And do you think, did you ever think that it'd be possible to break a hand and be back on the bike in, you know, 10 days? Not really. And to be honest, I mean, those first couple of races I raced in Salt Lake were not easy by any any means. I mean, obviously for myself, it was tough to go out there and not be competitive at the level I wanted to be. Right. So, but it was something I knew from experience that I just needed to manage myself the best I could and just go out there and do the best I could and without without overstepping that boundary of trying too hard. Um. Hey. So you can get your with being on the 450 factory team. Obviously, your own gear deal, goggle deal. Um, can you tell us about what your program is going to be? Yeah, so basically everything's staying the same um, as of right now. Um, I don't really have um, – yeah, nothing's really changing. The only thing that's changing for myself is obviously uh, Heart Luck CBD. I can't run um, their logo on my helmet, so I have to run the Monster logo okay. um, there. So that's pretty much the only moving part that's changing um for myself uh moving forward okay okay yeah so i i think i've talked to you about this before you know i i do x brand rep and rt texted me a little while ago and said hey ask him to ask him to get back with me because i know rich was trying to he said he was trying to get with you and see if he could work something out so yeah just like rich was wondering so i figured i'd throw that out there yeah i need to i need to ring rich back he's always taking care of me i work um goggles for a long period of time and um, obviously the big moving parts were important and then moving forward, um, for next year, cause my FXR deal is another year. So okay. obviously the 20 machine is, is going racing in 21. Um, and my Alpine star deer deal is, is up, but I will most likely do something with them. So just, uh, on that side of things, yeah, I'm going racing and, Hell yeah. um, hopefully, I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't. I haven't. I mean, I think we might have touched on this before. Like, when is it going to be time for you to be done? And <laughs> I think that that will come. That will come naturally, and you'll feel it. Um, yeah. I'm not there yet. I feel like I have a lot of potential still ahead of me to um, get some results and uh, accomplish some things I haven't yet. Yeah, and I think you know, Supercross just did not go well, unfortunately, with the injuries. But uh, the turn things, get this factory Yamaha deal, go out there and show some results. Uh, and show that, you know, you obviously still have the talent, the ability. It's going to be good for you, good for your confidence, and then hopefully it will roll into 2021, like you just said, and maybe, uh, you know, the spots are so limited. We just talked about that. Uh, but hopefully something to come around and you can go out there and, man, get back to where you wanted to be. Yeah, so that's that's the goal moving toward uh, the plan for the summer is to good as I can get some solid results. And if something comes up, for a spot on a team, obviously, it's going to be considered. Um, but I have put out some feelers already to possibly – I put out feelers to, to see if I get some more help to own program for 21 if it's if it's necessary. Um, so I've been, been kind of trying to get some moving parts there going so that way I'm not behind the eight ball like I have been. Absolutely. Like last year. <laughs> right. Uh, so, Brock, looking forward to the national series. What's your uh, what's your favorite track? What are you most hyped about going and visiting it this year? Loretta's. I mean, <laughs> no that that part of it's exciting for me because obviously I I raced there a lot when I was young and 
it was a place that you always looked up to going to. Um, yeah. So that part of it's awesome. Um, obviously, you hear a lot about the track and this and that, but they'll they'll um, they'll tweak it where they need to, I believe. And on top of that, you got to think Loretta's as an amateur national has every skill level and every bike known to man to hit the track. So the track develops a lot differently, mm-hmm. um, especially with us coming in and obviously just being the two light, the lights and 450 guys um, racing. So I think even if uh, the track's similar and they make some small changes, it will develop for good racing. Yeah, I was telling Benny Bloss that Davey said on our show then last week on Pulp that they're going to add to it. So it's still going to be longer. It's going to be more like a national track. Uh, so hopefully, I, I think some people are concerned. Like they're all like, "Oh, that's just a, a mini bike track, basically." But I, I, they're going to have it ready for you guys. I mean, there's they're not going to let you go out there and just ride on the amateur track. There's no way. No, and then uh, going back to my favorite favorite track, I yeah. kind of missed on that. But um, I mean, I'm excited for the two Red Buds. Um, that's that's exciting. Um, that's one of, that is my favorite track. I would have to, if I, if I were to put them in order, it would have to be that one. I enjoy Millville. I, Bud's Creek's not on the schedule. That's, that's one of my favorites as well. Um, you know, Dilla's not on the schedule. That's one of my favorites, but it's just exciting to know that we're going to go racing. And, um, it is, like I said, a short period of time that we're doing these nine races mm-hmm. in. So I think important important part of that is going to be managing yourself during the week because nine weeks of nine, 10 races, because obviously it's or not 10 races, nine races within eight and a half weeks is, is a lot of riding and racing. So, um, it's going to be about making sure you get ideal recovery, make sure you're hydrated, obviously more so than normal. Yeah. So on that topic, I got two more things for you. Um, we just got done with set, you know, the, the seven races in Salt Lake city, three or four like three days between i think um and that you know that's new that was different but you guys trained so much that it really wasn't that different really because you guys typically would be on the bike anyway but two red buds with one day in between i think or two days in between uh that's that's a lot man that's that's because racing an outdoor national is a lot different than training for one um what do you think about the recovery time on that and how that's going to be affect you guys? Um, yeah, going back, like thinking of that, like I've already thought about it and like a normal schedule for, I would say guys like myself or anybody that's done this for a while is fly back Sunday on a normal race schedule, fly back Sunday, uh, possibly ride on Monday. If you're not too, too tired, just to dust off the cobwebs, kind of get a little bit of practice in work on technique and, whatever on monday and then tuesday is normally two motos so in theory in theory we're kind of doing the same but like you said the intensity is brought at the race every single time and sometimes on a tuesday for practice you're not feeling 100 percent. so sure the motos and normally the intensity is maybe not there but um i don't think that part of it will be too bad i i think they I think it's a good thing to have two two races at Red Button. If that's the way they had to do it, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, th- either way, I, I look at it. It's really cool. Uh, Justin Starling mentioned this on Pulp last week, and it's a good point that it's going to be difficult for the privateers who have to not only race, but then they got to get their bikes ready. You know, they don't have the teams to help with that. It's going to be difficult for those guys, but it's one time, so I think it'll work out. Um, you had something, Scott? Oh uh, yeah, I'll just you know just kind of 
as a fan curious, what uh, what is going to be, would you say, would be your favorite team that you've ever been on? And then also 2021, if you could just choose any team to be on, which one would that be as well? Uh, that's, I mean, that's a tough, uh, the <laughs> second one's definitely tough to answer. Um, there, there was a lot of teams I enjoyed working with because when you look back when it's been whatever now since 2007 for myself, so 13 years, uh, minus two for for obviously um, suspension, but there was, I mean, every one of them had their qualities, but I would have to say my favorite all in all was would be RCH. Um, I enjoyed Pro Circuit a lot because it brought me to the next level. Yeah. Um, but I, I look at that as how did I even get the opportunity for Pro Circuit, and that was because a star gave me the resources to, to build up in um, those last two years be really competitive um, in 09 and 2010, getting my first win, that's what opened the door for Pro Circuit. So obviously there's a lot of building pieces to get to those teams. And, yeah, it kind of starts from below. It's kind of like a ladder. Um, and RCH just, for myself, was a fun group. We had all the people there to do their jobs, and they knew their job. They wanted to be competitive, and they did whatever they could to 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 give that to us riders and to kind of struggle the first two years at RCH. And then in 14, actually the second year, 14, we made a lot of progress with the bike. And there was a couple more employees added that um, helped with the bike a little bit more. And then 15 and 16 with Kenny coming to the team, a couple more employees got hired. So it ended up being like, Bill, it was a constant ladder at RCH. You kind of, I would say 13 was a struggle year all in all, but yeah, we developed we developed into, obviously, I didn't win the outdoor championship in 16 or win any races, but my results on paper improved every year with them, and I enjoyed the crew on the weekend. Yeah, that's cool. That's, that's good that, you're, that you got that opportunity because, yeah, that was a good team. Hate that they went away, man. It's just They brought so much to the paddock and to the sport. Um, yeah, I guess you know, with the second part of the question, like the, the team you'd like to ride for the most would be the one that pays you, the, yeah. pays you, gives you the opportunity, right? Whoever, whoever wants. Well, to. It's just, yeah, I mean, there's so many variables that go sure. into. The, I mean, I think at my level, like somebody who has experience, there's small details that make a big difference, mm. I believe, in the rider, um, starting with the crew that's around the team and and the atmosphere. Um, so obviously I don't know all the atmospheres to the team, so I, that's why I said it's hard for me to answer that question um, truthfully. Um, but, yeah, I think that we'll see. Yeah. I mean, yeah, It could be my own team for 21. We don't know. Hey, all right, yeah. <laughs> Privateer life. Um, team like kind of like Chad did and I guess Chiz did or is doing and uh, Benny Bloss just announced that that's what he's doing, man. It, it may work out that way. Uh, all right, last question. So – Two weeks ago at our local track, uh, I met somebody that apparently is one of your buddies, Richard uh, Cutback. He, uh, we just had him on the show a little bit ago, and he, ha- I just wanted to tell you, he told me beforehand, he, was, he texted me, hey, will I be on while Brock is on because Brock's my guy. So, unfortunately, he's not on right now, but I just wanted to tell you that that, that guy is really cool. He's built a really cool facility out here in East Texas, and uh, he had a lot of kind words to say about you. Okay, so Rich built – I didn't, he moved there, huh? Because he used to live, he used to live right, probably like six or seven miles away from me. He built uh, a couple of Supercross tracks 
back in 16 for us at Star West yep. uh, when it was taken over. That's what he was telling um, us. Yeah. And then, yeah, no, he, um, that's cool to hear the support from, from somebody. I mean, I've been around him, but not enough to, you know what I mean, um, all the time. You know what I'm saying? Sure, that's yeah, awesome yeah. to hear that. He he told us that, but yeah, he texted me and said he was like you were one of his favorite guys, and yeah, he uh he bought a local place out here called South Central um, South Central MX out here in East Texas, and it's a place that's been around, and uh, he just bought it from the last owner and has been improving it. And Jason Anderson was out here this weekend doing a clinic, so uh, it's it's an up and coming place that a lot of our vet riders, especially, really like to go. Uh, John Short was out there this week in training, and Scott Champion last week, and you know it's just it's a cool place for our local fast guys to go and throw down some laps. Yeah, and I feel like you guys have uh, a couple places there in Texas that are still uh, still they're growing and they are good facilities. I oh, know yeah. Masterful Masterful has a place. I know that place that Champion is part of. Um, yeah, that's looks uh, cool. I haven't seen it, but Texplex, yeah. Yeah, and then um, underground. Obviously, Regal has underground. Yeah, yeah. So there, you guys have a good, good place for up and coming riders, and even guys like you said, vet riders that just want to go enjoy a good track. Absolutely. Well, Brock, um, I'm going to let you go. I appreciate you coming on. I uh, I should see you at Loretta's. That's I'm going to make that one race and probably no more since technically we're not really supposed to be interacting with you guys anyway. It's not really any reason to go, but I do want to come to the Loretta one and check it out. So I will, I'm sure I'll see you from afar from at least six feet away. All right. Sounds good. I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely, man. Be careful, be safe and uh, good luck in two weeks, bud. Maybe we'll check in after a couple races, tick by after some results pick off and uh, check in again um, with you guys. Let's do it. Thanks, man. Yeah, no worries. All right. See Have a good night. You too. See Bye. ya. All right, that's Brock Tickle, and that's going to uh, wrap up episode 168. Scott, uh, what'd you think, man? Another good show. Appreciate man, I, you being in and uh, always having good questions. Yeah, I, I, I thought this one was probably one of the coolest shows. I mean, this is my third one, and yeah. uh, the first one was awesome because of, you know, it was the first one. It was Davy Coombs and stuff, but I, I feel as far as quality of content and good questions and good interviews i think this was the best one i, I enjoyed it it was really cool well cool um we're not going to do a show next week right um so that'll probably be the week that tj's in town and wants yeah. to do a show um but as of right now we're not going to do one we'll see maybe he, if he's here we'll figure something out but uh, i was planning on taking a week off before the week of the nationals but uh man i, I really enjoy you being in studio i hope yeah, our listeners awesome. are liking it um you guys keep listening we're going to be doing some more contests pretty soon. I don't have anything right now. I want to do – I mentioned the Patreon thing we're going to do for our Patreon supporters, but I'm going to also try to do a moto or a blood lubricants contest where whoever, maybe over a three-week period of time, buys the most blood lubricants in order, you'd have to send me your confirmation. We'll get like a pro jersey, a signed jersey for you guys or something. So we're going to work on that. Um I guess that's about it. Uh, once again, a Cherubis, X-Brand Goggles, Williams Moto Works, Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, Allsport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, and Extreme Colors, Helmet Paintings. If you guys have any questions, any comments, Moto X-Pod Show at Gmail. But other than that, Scott, we're done. Sounds good, man. All right, right here. See ya.